Welcome to episode number 78 of Breaking Business Barriers. Well, this is your host, Brent Duhame. <clears throat> really, really privileged, uh, Jared, Ty, and I with Breaking Business Barriers are excited to have super, a superstar guest on uh, Haas Pratt. And uh, not only are we Hawkeye fans together, those that listen know that uh, I'm a diehard Hawkeye fan, but (laughs) you know, there's something always cool. You know, I wanted to name my son Haas and uh, I just think you must have the coolest parents in the world to name you Haas, man. How, How was that growing up? You know what, man? You got to really own a name like Haas. It's kind of like a boy named Sue, you know? <laughs> hey, Haas, uh, th- thanks for joining us. How about, how about uh, first and foremost, uh, a little bit about yourself? I mean, I, I can, Jared and I know you, and, and uh, I've known you for oof, almost 15 years, probably. Yeah, but, right? Yeah, something like that. Time flies. But how about, uh, how about a little intro? And Don't be humble, all right? Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, it's, and, you know, it's great to be here. Uh, I've known both of you guys for many years. Uh, you know, you in the mortgage business, Brent, Jared in real estate. Y'all are both forces in your own right. So it's a privilege to be here. Uh, and for me, uh, you know, I've been uh, in the real estate training and coaching business for over 15 years. Uh, that's what I do. I coach real estate agents, help them go from stuck to unstuck, give them the systems, the tools to, to grow their business, the scripts, the dialogues to improve their skills. And uh, that's what I do, man. I've done... Uh, over 5,500 hours of coaching, uh, working one-on-one with agents. Uh, you know, wrote uh, the book Listing Boss right here. Uh, it's the number one international best-selling book. Uh, by the way, if y'all, the guests want to get it, they can go to listingbossbook.com and get this. I'll just I'll get it to them for shipping and handling. Y'all can have this as a gift. Uh, it's a great book. People love it. And that's what I do is I help agents, uh, equipping them with the systems and the tools to grow their business. And that's what I'm passionate about. And you know, from seminars to webinars to Zooms like this to one-on-one, uh, it's what I do. I write, create, and then give them the tools to go grow. So, Haas, how did you, how'd you, make, that, how'd you make that shift and decide, I'm going to go, you know, number one, I'm in business for myself. But how'd you make the decision to, to uh, get outside of the comfort zone and, and coach? You know, you know, what happened was, was I was, when I first got into real estate, I I just moved to Texas. I didn't know anybody here. I was in my early 20s and I figured some things out. So I started listing a lot of homes and people wanted to know what I was doing. And I was being interviewed like by on podcasts like this when I first started and people just, you know, knowing, hearing my name through the, you know, through uh, the different channels and they wanted to know, Hey, what's your secret? How are you doing it? So I started uh, getting asked to do some seminars here locally in Dallas, Texas. And as I started teaching them people, I just taught them what I did and I loved doing that. And I was passionate about it. And, and I kept having people tell me, Haas, man, you're really good at that. That's something, maybe it's a gift for you. And, and I kept hearing that. And so finally I was like, man, I'd love to do this all the time. I want to travel the country and go do seminars. I want to teach people this. And, and then about that time I was back in 08, 09. And that's uh, when the market crashed. And when the market crashed, I had a choice to make. I could follow my passion and go out and do seminars and, and, and follow that path or uh, stay into real estate and, and keep doing my real estate team. And I chose to go travel the country and do seminars. And I spent 200 days a year on the road after that for many years, traveling the country, uh, teaching agents, mindset, marketing systems, conversion. Um, and that's what I did. So I was able to travel. I've been in 
over 600 Keller Williams offices, for example. I would do uh, lunch and learns like three a day. I'd buy people breakfast, lunch, and then dinner, and I would be in a different city, and I would get on an airplane every Friday or every uh, – and come home and go out again on Sunday night, and I was just gone all the time. And, and you know, during that period, though, I wasn't necessarily, uh, looking back, looking to get rich. Uh, I was looking to build skills, and I was using that time and that, in, in that environment to put myself in a place that I could become a better speaker, a better trainer, and so I did that for years, and, and uh, that's how I got started, is I just went out on the road, and uh, a, a quick story uh, on how I did that is, at the time, you know, when you're, sell, when you're doing seminars, you have to have something to sell to stay alive, right? So, like, people aren't paying $100 to come see you speak. It's a free event, and the way you get paid is you would sell something at the end of the, the, the seminar. And I, at the time, didn't have a, a product to sell, so I, I needed one. So I cold called the white pages of the phone book. I found a, one of my sales trainers that I learned a lot from, and I said, hey, I'm traveling the country doing seminars. I don't have a course to sell. I'd love to sell your course. If this is you, call me back, and uh, I'll pay you 50%, and I'll just mail you mailbox money. And so two weeks later, I get a call back from Todd, and Todd says, that's a deal. You, you sell my course at 1000 We'll take out all the expenses from the hotels to the, to the airline tickets, and then we'll split it all 50-50. And that's how I got made the deal happen when I started speaking, is I sold somebody else's course, and I had somebody else uh, out there booking my seminars for me, and that was my model to get started. All on your own, man. Yeah. You know, you're, you know you're... I made the call, Brent. You know, and, and I made the call. And, and how many people do you think have called me in 15 years and asked that question? I'm guessing it's a double zero. <laughs> double zero. Like, why? Right? I mean, and the first lesson here I hope every, the listeners get is you can make anything happen. You can do anything. And so many people sit back and wait for things to happen and wait for things to come to them. And what I've learned is, is you can create opportunity out of thin air. It's just a matter of usually making one phone call. Isn't that amazing? It, and that's amazing. a big lesson for, you know, uh, our, our listeners very widely in age groups. Sure. We've had uh, high school, college students on here that are entrepreneurs all the way to CEOs and, and people like yourself who have a, have a, uh, a big band. And it's, that's great advice. And I don't care how old someone is, that is great advice. You're one phone call away for real, for anything. And, uh, and that takes tenacity. That takes, uh, I mean, you got to manage your fear. I think that's what stops a lot of people. But being tenacious uh, is, uh, and being resourceful are some very important skills that we all need to have. So Haas, I've got a question for you. Um, when you made the transition from, you know, very active real estate agent to um, being a coach, uh, was that a, did you rip the bandaid off or was that a gradual process or what was that like? Jared, I, I would say that's a pivot. I know the word pivots thrown around a lot these days and, uh, I mean, I, I can look back and see many pivots in my life where I went from doing one thing to the next day doing the next. And what I found is, is uh, the period of time of which you're able to be fully embraced in the new opportunity, uh, that period of time is crucial. Uh, the longer that period of time is, the more difficult the next, the next thing is. Uh, because comfort, right? I mean, I, I'm a fan of burning the boats, tearing off the Band-Aid, putting myself out there like all in. And so that's what it was for me. Uh, one day I'm selling real estate, the next day, uh, nothing. I, I literally gave, sold my team and I was out of it and I was done and I was just doing seminars the next day. You know, that terrifies me and I find it awesome at the same time. So 
Right. Super cool. You know, here's the thing though, on that, on Jared, like that. So I think that's a lot of people, right? It's scary. And, and, uh, and that comes down to mindset and how we think about it. And here's, here's like the mindset that I think about in those moments. Like, what do I have to lose? Like, yeah. what's the worst thing that could happen? Is it going to kill me? I mean, you know, God brought me in this world, butt naked, you know, he didn't, I didn't even have shoes on my feet. So like, why do I need to be comfortable, stay comfortable and think I need all these things for security. And I find that when we're able to leave that comfort zone and we're able to put ourselves in the eye of the storm and the eye of the fire, that's where the magic happens. That's where we got to rise to the occasion. And that's where I feel like, uh, you know, the fortune favors the bold, right? So to speak. I love it, man. I was listening to one of your presentations probably a year, a year ago or so. And uh, I remember you saying that you, I think you were at church and uh, you kind of had an epiphany that, you know, um, why are we so worried about what people think? You know, we weren't here a hundred years ago and sadly we won't be here in a hundred years. So <laughs> why not? Yeah, I think, I think what I said there was, was everybody's going to forget you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right, and the question is: Is do you remember your great grandfather's name? Most people don't even know their great grandfather's name, and I. And the lesson is: Is see, your own family will forget you, so who cares? Let's just lay it all on the line before we're, you know, out there pushing up daisies, and that's the mindset. I love it. Sure. I uh, I heard you talk about another really cool thing about uh, alter personas. You know, about when you are in your uh, coach, you know, mode that you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily have the exact same identity that you do, you know, in your personal life. Yeah. It's, and see, what I have to do is I have to help people break free and, and usually to have a breakthrough, you have to almost reinvent yourself. You have to completely change the way you think. And, and so I was trying to find ways to, you know, how do you, like, how do I do it? How have I done it? How do top achievers do it? And how can somebody instantly go from scared to, to thriving and, and bold and not letting their fear stop them, whether it be speaking or prospecting on the phone or listing appointments or just anything, asking for referrals. And, uh, and I learned that there's, you know, my, like my dad used to tell me as a kid, you know, we'd be going to the baseball game. He was my baseball coach. And he'd say, get your game face on, boys. Get your game face. It's game time. And we all have that mentality when we're about to perform or present or do something that we, we have to become more of who we are. We have to put ourselves out there in a place that usually may make us uncomfortable. And so uh, I discovered, you know, the a way to do that is to create alter ego. And alter ego, that is everything more than I am, that where I could step into that person. Instead of saying, get your game face on, it's saying, get boss hoss ready, right? It's a character. It's a person that you can turn on and turn off and step into. And, uh, and alter ego is uh, extremely powerful. In fact, y'all, I, I talk about it in my book, Listing Boss. And this, this, I'm telling you, the alter ego is the number one thing I get feedback on that changed people's lives. It, it really, people, it sinks in. People understand it. You know, kind of like, you know, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of musicians and performers that use alter ego. I know you're a fan of music, Jared, right? I mean, yes, sir, as is Brent. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you think about like, you know, Beyonce, you know, her, she, she's shy, scared, and timid. She could perform and crush a stage, but that's Sasha Fierce that we're seeing on stage, not Beyonce, right? Uh, you know, Christina Aguilera, her alter ego is Extina. And these performers step into that character to, to reach the highest uh, potential themselves when they're presenting. Performing. You know, I'm loving what you're saying here. Uh, this, you know, this, this subject really hits home for me because 
you know, as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, we don't have that separate definition from, Hey, I'm at work or I'm at home, you know, so it's easy to just kind of be yourself, you know, almost to a fault, you know, almost act like you're in your personal life all day long. Um, probably three years ago, I had kind of an epiphany to where I realized I needed to start promoting my business. You know, I, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm self-sourced. Um, I need to, I don't have a marketing department, you know, I don't have somebody else bringing business in for me. So if I'm not taking advantage of social media, for example, um, then I'm really, it's going to be my fault if I fail. And I made that choice to, you know, I'm going to say fake it until I make it, you know, get on there and, you know, be that person that you want to be. Uh, and, um, so, you know, people ask me out there and say, Oh, you're on social media a lot. You must really enjoy it. I'm like, no, <laughs> three years ago when I did my first video, I was terrified, but I made a conscious decision that, Hey, this is a, a, um, thing that I have to force. I have to do it. And then over time, you know, uh, for example, Chip Gaines of Fixer Upper said that, uh, when they started that show is as outgoing as he is that he was terrified. He was absolutely terrified of the cameras. And after a few months, the cameras disappeared. And I think this all, you know, plays into what you're saying that, you know, you're better off making a conscious choice that, Hey, this is who I need to be. And then, you know, figuring it out from there. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, what stops most people in that is their ego because they care, actually care what people think of them. Right. And that personal life. It's per yeah, and, and so you're exactly right, and that's that comes down to ego. I mean, we all have to wrestle with our ego, but like, don't let don't let what other people think of you prevent you from from taking action. That's a great example of somebody letting their ego uh, control them versus you controlling your ego, and then you put yourself out there. Now you got the skills. Now you don't even even you right. You don't even think about it. You just do it. You know that's it's amazing advice, regardless of what business someone's in, whether you're in the medical medical world, doctor, nurse, whatever, and all the way to real estate and everything in between. But great advice. Haas, was there a point in time, you know, we always talk about a fork in the road. You, you talked a little bit about it, but was there, uh, when you made the shift into what it is that you're doing today, and uh, albeit incredibly successful, was there, was there a fork in the road where you, maybe you're on the road for you know, a whole heck of a long time, then you're wondering, you're missing those little girls at home and your bride, and was there a fork in the road or that, that comes to mind or, man, did you just bust through it? You know what? I would say there's two forks in the road that, uh, I, that come to mind. The first one was when I first moved to Dallas, Texas. You know, quick backstory. I didn't go to college. I barely made it through high school. Like, my formal education stopped my sophomore year. I grew up in northwest Missouri, a town called St. Joseph, Missouri. You may recognize that, Brent. Yep. Uh, and that's where I grew up. And, uh, but I, I had a mentor that was uh, a millionaire. His name was Jimbo. And Jimbo took me under his wing as a teenager. And he gave me several pieces of advice. The first piece of advice was start a business. Profits are better than wages. So I started Pratt Lawns. I was mowing 100 lawns a week for years as a teenager, making six figures, doing great. And then Jimbo gave me my next piece of advice. He goes, it's time to sell that business and move. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, it's time to move. I go, why? He said, because you become a product of your environment. You need to make sure that your environment is one you want to become a product of. So do you want to be a product of this place? I'm like, nope. He goes, and you need to move. I said, where do I move? He goes, you need to move to Texas. I said, where in Texas? He goes, Dallas. I said, why Dallas, Texas? He goes, you belong in Dallas, Texas. And uh, 
that's how I ended up in Dallas. And, and uh, I've never been on an airplane before. And uh, I said, I was like, I've never been out of the state of Missouri and Iowa, you know? And he's like, let's go. So he, we went on an airplane. We flew down here to Dallas. This was in August. Uh, and we were driving around. And he's like, you want to move here? I'm like, yeah, I want to move here. So I set the date, uh, moved to Texas. I didn't know a single soul here and nobody. I got me a 400 square foot apartment with a Murphy bed that folded out of the wall. I remember sitting there in that, in that apartment with my TV and my suitcase and thinking I could be anybody I want to be here in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, and, and I felt empowered. About two weeks later, uh, this was after 9-11, you know, and so the economy was pretty rough. And I, was, I thought I made a bad choice. And I called my dad. and my dad, I think I screwed up, man. Like, no, nope, the economy's rough. I mean, nothing's happening down here. And I think I may move back. This is in two weeks. And, and, uh, and so he's like, come on back. Like, I welcome you. You know, you, we'll figure it all out. Like, come home. We love you, son. You know? And I'm like, okay, I'm coming home. And then I called Jimbo next. And Jimbo uh, was the architect of me moving here. And, uh, you know, he's always been <laughs> unique with words. And, and I said, Jimbo, I'm thinking about moving back, man. The economy's no good. You know, I didn't know that when we were down here in August that 9-11 was going to happen. I think, you know, I think uh, I'm going to move back. And he was a moment of silence. I'm like, you there, Jim? He goes, are you done? I was like, yeah, I'm done. He goes, let me tell you something, Hoss. If you move back, you're going to be the biggest effing loser that ever walked the planet. If you move back, you're going to be the laughing stock of this town. And it's going to be the single greatest mistake you've ever made in your entire life. And he hung up the phone on me. And, uh, and I had a choice to make in that moment. Am I going to move back or am I going to stay here and burn the boats? And in that moment, I said, I'm never moving back. And I made that decision right then. And that was the end of it. I haven't even thought about it since. Uh, you know, so for me, that was a fork in the road. And I think, you know, we all have those moments where we have a choice to make. Did we make the right choice? And what happens is, is whatever we choose, our mind goes to work in affirming that decision. Like, you know, it, like it, we see it and we're looking for it. And, and for me, there's been many of those. Uh, but, you know, having the right people in my life that were, would be able to, talk some sense into me at that time, I think uh, is what saved me. Uh, fast forward a few years after I've been on the road, I've done over a thousand seminars in 48 states. I met a beautiful lady, my best friend, my canna, who you know, Brent, uh, and she uh, wanted to get married, have kids. And I was on the road, you know, five, five six days a week. I'm like, how do I get married? So I uh, made the decision. I was sitting in a hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio one day. I go, I'm not doing this anymore. And I fired myself. I called my assistant, Heather, who else you know, right? I called Heather and I said, Heather, I'm moving back. I'm not doing any more or coming back. I'm not doing seminars. I'm going to do all webinars. I heard about this thing called GoToWebinar that I can do my seminar online. Like I don't even have to get on an airplane. I'm going to try this thing out, but I'm coming back. And that's when I, I stopped doing seminars the way that I did as a business model. I went 100% online uh, through online presentations, digital presentations, leveraging webinars. And uh, I was probably one of the first ones in the real estate industry to do that. And, and I remember just like I made as much money on my first webinar that I did as I would have for three weeks being on the road. Like it was a game changer for me. And uh, that was a huge pivot. And, uh, but every one of those pivots, I would, his advice would be, it happens fast. You don't have time to think about a pivot. You just have time to act. And usually you've been thinking about that anyway, right? So you, you know, it, it's not like you just hear about it in the next day. It's usually been marinating on that thought. Your fear has been stopping you. You're trying to play it safe. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to recognize that, call it for what it is and make the move. So Haas, you're an expert on real estate and you're talking about pivoting. I saw an interesting uh, statistic the other day that said that 
there's a divide between real estate agents right now with COVID. Uh, there's a large group who is, their business has just dropped tremendously. And there's also a large group who's busier than they've ever been. Would you have any, um, you know, uh, thought on why that is and what that group who's hurting right now can do to pivot in this environment. You know, there's a book that I'm reminded of who moved my cheese. Y'all ever read that book? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> like I, I love that book who moved my cheese. It's such a simple thing. It's by Ken Blanchard. Go get it. Y'all. It's an easy, easy read. And uh, in that book, he talks about the old cheese and you know, there's a lot of realtors out there that have been eating the same old moldy old cheese uh, for many years, and that cheese is old, and a lot of times it's gone, but they don't know to go look for new cheese. And uh, my advice is to go find new cheese and go where the cheese is. The, the, the cheese is in the niches. There's riches and niches. And every season and every place that we're in, the opportunity rises. Like right now with REO and short sales and, you know, post-COVID and a third of the country being in forbearance. I mean, Brent, you know a lot about that. I mean, what does the future look like in a year or two years? You know, it's pivoting. It's finding the niche that you can go after. The people that uh, are doing well are the ones that pivot and, and follow where the cheese is. And then the people that are struggling are the ones that are, are not changing. They're trying to get business the same way they've always gotten business. And, and that's, unfortunately, that's what most people will do because uh, change is not something that we like as humans usually. You know, that <clears throat> I, can sit, I can sit here and talk to you for hours because, uh, you know, I think on three or four occasions I already have had goosebumps, Haas. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff. That's why you do so darn well. Hey, let's lighten the mood here as we get ready to kind of do our final lap. But let's lighten the mood here a little bit. Is there, uh, is there something out there that, you, you know, you spend a ton of time on the road or whatever the case might be? I know, I know you have uh, Houseful of Girls. Is there something to uh, that they crack up the listeners? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I do believe that you can do, accomplish, and achieve anything you want in life and business. I really do. I, I think that you, there's a way to do anything. And I remember a, a funny story. I was sitting, uh, we went to the World Series. Uh, this is back when the uh, Texas Rangers were in the World Series. Y'all may know when that is. I don't, a few years back, right? Yep. And, uh, and I went to the game with a couple other real estate trainers and coaches, uh, and we were sitting at first baseline. And I get bored when I'm sitting at these things. You know, I get bored. I'm like, you know what? And the guy goes, why don't you, I bet you can't sneak up there and get in the suites up there in the, in the suite lounge. I'm like, I bet. And I got up. I, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up in the owner's suite. Watch. And I, so I get up and I, and I go take some stabs at trying to get in the owner's suite. And I didn't even know where it was, but I was trying to get in. And it took me about three times just because I wanted to prove a point. The third time I got in the elevator with a bunch of people, I didn't even think about it. I just get off that elevator when it hit the next floor. I head left where I think the owner's suite is. I'm walking left, walking like I own the place with confidence, right? I'm looking, not looking, making eye contact with anybody. Then I see up there, I see George, George Bush's owner's suite. And um, I didn't even think about it. I walk right in that place. They're cooking crab cakes. And I grab a, cad, a crab cake and an ice cold beer from the bucket. And this place was packed and I walked right through everybody all the way down to the first, uh, first uh, row in the suite. And I sat between, between two old ladies and watched the World Series in George Bush's owner suite. Uh, and, and I was taking pictures uh, and sent it to my buddy. I'm like, hey, I made it. I'm here. You know, he couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm in George Bush's suite. Now, I didn't even know a George was in there because, again, I wasn't making eye contact with everybody. 
but I sure did make uh, that trip and I documented the whole time and I watched the World Series in the owner's suite. Nobody said a word to me either. Uh, you know, a couple of lessons, be confident and nobody has a reason to question you and then act like you've been there before. That's a story I'm never going to forget. Yeah. That is fantastic. It's one of my greatest stories. I mean, it's so fun. I mean, who knows who I was in there with, you know? I mean, Secret Service had to be in there. I mean, who, who's, who gets the tickets to George Bush's suite during the World Series? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, but that's an example, y'all, like of anything. And, and in sales and in business, I think, you know, I, I call that as like always just, you know, keeping sharp, right? Keeping sharp, doing those things just to see if I still got it. You know, a little honoriness in there too. But, you know, when you can... <laughs> When you realize that, man, it just, it changes things. And, and I think so many people, they just, they just go through life like sheep, you know, thinking, being told what to do. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a renegade in me and I like to do those types of things. So we had fun that day, but we made it. Awesome. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, uh, going through life like sheep that, you know, you mentioned uh, being a product of your environment. Uh, that's another one that hits close to home for me. Um, you know, it's really easy as a real estate agent to get, to, to work the business that comes to you and to not be proactive enough in choosing, you know, what kind of business you actually uh, are aiming for, you know, for example, listings versus buyers. Uh, what advice would you give, you know, even stepping outside of real estate, what advice would you give to people to take that first step of not being a product of their environment and being more proactive as to where, you know, they're going to spend their time. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. You know, the couple things first is if you become a product of your environment in sales uh, in sales, it's so important to have a coach uh, and a mentor that you're learning from the people that are coached and mentored and invest in themselves are the ones that get that, they get that guidance from somebody else. They, that rubs off the people that invest in themselves. So I would encourage everybody to make the investment in coaching, uh, get the mentors, Get, and check yourself. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have a million friends, y'all. I can count on one hand how many people I, I'm friends with. Like, the, you don't need a million friends. You need, uh, I need friends that'll take a bullet for me because I would for them. But like, it, it does, you don't need a lot, but you need great people. Like, I choose to spend my time with exceptional people like I do. And it's, you know, and, and most people are 20, 25, 30 years older than me, Jared. I mean, I learn from those folks. I need more friends like you, buddy. Maybe you and I could be friends. You're my age, maybe. <laughs> we, watch, we watch Bonanza. Yeah, we can watch some Bonanza and hang out, you know. But now that's the first thing is, the, is your immediate sphere of who you hang out with, you know. In high school, I was homecoming king, and I was the most popular kid in school. And when I left, like, I made the commitment. I'm done. Like, I'm not taking a bunch of baggage with me. And I've, even to this day, I have, like, one friend left back home because – of what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm going, I, I have something that I plan for my life and I, and I need to attract the right people. And so many times we hang on to people that we shouldn't hang on to. And, and that's usually out of comfort. So I think comfort is what prevents most people, Jared, from changing their business or from, uh, you know, investing in themselves. It's being comfortable with where they are. So never be comfortable. I think, in fact, if anything, COVID has helped us with that real, realizing how, things can just be pulled out from underneath you. That's not in your control. And, and that's fine. I mean, you know, I haven't freaked out once during COVID. I think it's the greatest thing ever. I love it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, now everybody has a choice to make in that fork in the road. Right. And it, you know, COVID happened to be the one that did it, but uh, 
make the choice. There's nothing to be scared of. Remember, you, you, you're brought into this world butt naked, okay? You didn't have anything on you, no shoes, no food, nothing. And uh, be willing to get naked. Be willing to lose it all to gain everything. Be willing to, to uh, look stupid on, on social media be, because who cares what other people think? I mean, they're not going to remember you anyway. Love it. That is uh, another goosebump moment for me. So I'm guessing there's going to be some listeners out there. You know, it's funny, Brent. It kind of pisses some people off at times when I say that. Like, what do you mean my family won't forget me? They're going to forget me. I'm like, don't they get all defensive? I'm like, no, I mean, think about it. Like, and they don't know their family. And like, that's just the case. It's the world that we're in. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. For me, that's, that's how I think. I'm willing to lose it all to gain everything and put myself out there. Well, sometimes the truth hurts. And yeah, truth uh, hurts. No, no, no doubt about it. Haas, why don't you remind our, our listeners and viewers of, uh, of the book and how can they get it? Yeah, so this is a book, uh, Listing Boss. It's a few years now, right? A couple of years. It's, a, it's always top 10 in real estate. But even if you're not in real estate, y'all, this book will help you. It's, it's so much of it is just about life and uh, mindset and getting results. And, and a lot of these things are applicable to many things. So you go to listingbossbook.com. I've got a book right now I'm writing called Skillionaire. You got to become a skillionaire before you become a millionaire. It's about skills, not magic pills. And that's something I've been working on, a project that I've, uh, that I've been working on for a few years. I can't wait to release it. Uh, you know, we're going the publishing route where big publishers picking it up. So a lot of that stuff's out of my control, but, uh, you know, listing boss is where I would start. You can get it on Amazon or you can get it at listingbossbook.com. And Haas, where can we find you on social media? A Haas Pratt. I think I'm the only Haas Pratt there is. I don't know if, you know, if there's any others, it makes it easy to find me. Uh, so you can go to Instagram, follow me at Haas Pratt, Facebook, Haas Pratt. Uh, it's about the only two we need, right? LinkedIn Does Jimbo make an appearance anytime on the, on your social media? This who? Jimbo. No, Jimbo's dead, actually. You know what? Uh, something that Jimbo uh, had is uh, Jimbo was an alcoholic. And Jimbo would drink wild turkey from the time he woke up in the morning to the time he went to bed. And I, I watched Jimbo over the years, and, and nobody could stop him. I watched him die on his deathbed, actually, from alcoholism at 55. And wow. uh, Which, again, there's lessons there, right? I mean, you know, people don't come to you perfect. And, and, and like, nobody's perfect. Everybody has their challenges. Everybody has their thing. And that's something for me that I've always, I've always looked for the perfect model, the person who has it all together. When I realize that person doesn't exist, you know, uh, I mean, Jesus is the only perfect person that ever walked this planet. So what we need is we need to, you know, take the best from people and learn from other people's worst. And that was Jimbo. I wish he was here today. I really do. Um, but you know, he, he's not. So but he had a huge impact on me in my life. And for that, I'm grateful. He left you with uh, a legacy in more ways than one. So right. I think that's, that's really important as our, as our takeaway, as we wrap this up, Haas, it's been a pleasure, uh, not only seeing you, but you know, the advice and, and uh, sharing your personal story and, and, uh, and where, where it continues. Everyone, I highly encourage coaching. I've done it for almost been on both sides of that equation for almost 25 years, 26 years. And it's important. And, uh, you know, Haas is a phone call away or email away, or maybe even a text or what have you, but Haas behalf of Jared and I breaking business barriers, episode number 78, man, it's been, it's been an incredible pleasure. And as we uh, finish it up, it's, uh, it's onward and upward. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, sir.